I think what I'm looking for in mentors more today, more than ever, is people who know me best, love me most, and will tell me what I don't want to hear. You know, and that's, I want to want those kinds of mentors um, because that will shape the kinds of feedback and the content of their input and advice. You know, so people that know me best, they're not going to, I'm not going to be able to in my flesh or self-deception pull the wool over their eyes. Uh, but if those same people love me most, they're not just offering critical feedback uh, with their own dog in the fight or identity issues or whatever. Uh, and then they'll be able to tell me what I most need to hear, um, whether it's what I'm looking to hear or thinking I want to have more from a mentor or not. You know, so I think those have been an important principles to me these days. People that love me best know me most and will tell me what I don't want to hear. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. Um, man, that's a that's a great clip there from Kellen, right? You know that the best mentors know you best, love you most, and tell you what you don't want to hear. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you something that you do want to hear, and that this episode that's coming up, it's a really good one. Uh, we recorded this at our Expositors Collective Training Weekend uh, in San Diego um, earlier in 2019. Uh, it was a really, you know, the Spirit of God really blessed our time together, and I think that probably this panel was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, on the panel, there was uh, Kellen Criswell, as you heard there in the opening clip, as well as uh, Sean Stone, Ray Bentley, uh, Brian Broderson, uh, and then Pilgrim Benham. Um, in fact, this panel took place immediately following a talk that Pilgrim gave on the importance of mentorship, specifically in our teaching and preaching. Um, finding a preaching mentor and learning from them as we grow as Bible teachers and expositors. So I didn't include the audio for that on this episode, but if you do want to hear it, you can hear, hear an earlier version of that talk if you scroll through our feed and come to episode 53. So you can hear Pilgrim talk about mentorship in 53, and then here in episode 72, you are able to listen to kind of a, a panel discussion about it. Um, Pete Nelson led this um, Q&A panel. He kind of starts us off with some really great and really specific questions um, to panelists. And then the second half of the episode kind of opens up uh, for some more just like really thoughtful and um, situation specific questions um, from the audience. So thanks so much for listening to this. Um, I'm going to chime in at the end. And I um, really hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. So we're going to have a Q&A right now on that subject. And so if our panel could come in, Kellen and um, Pastor Brian, uh, Pastor Ray, and um you know who you are oh, and sean come on up here okay they're coming but let me uh let me ask you pilgrim yeah they're, they're coming so so mentorship let me ask you what do you do like practically what does ment mentorship your mentoring situation program look at look like at, at shoreline like yeah. in a very practical way like what do you do and what yeah 
so we uh, we I have a group of guys that that I rotate uh, annually. So we we have. But as far as meaning, when we talk about mentorships, we're yeah. talking about what they just experienced with having a group and sharing a sermon and breaking yeah. down the text, mm-hmm. and not so much the pulpit right. at the church, but what what kind of training ground do you have working at your church? So we'll take. What, um, what can it look like for for the for the audience? We'll take a Tuesday morning. We get up around six together, uh, and each week we're gonna. Uh, someone's going to be assigned literally what we just did here. You're going to be given 10 minutes. I add at the end, you've got to present the gospel. So that way they're thinking, how is this Christ-centered? How is it? Are there unbelievers? How do we bring this home? How do we land the plane? Um, so every week, uh, all the guys have the same assigned text, so a little bit different than what we did this weekend. Uh, instead of like six or seven different ones, it's the same one. Um, so it's kind of, there's repetition. You can see how the different guys interpret it. Um, and, uh, and then from that, what I ask is that I'm going to give them feedback, but all the guys have to give each other feedback. And I don't know if you guys did that today, but that's really valuable to hear your peers, not just your pastor, mm-hmm. giving you other constructive feedback and allows you to start, you know, um, being willing to receive and, and give. So um, that's kind of what we do. Um, we'll start just by saying, what are some things you've learned about preaching or, or leadership uh, this week? And then we and then we really practice. But then I do give them opportunities outside of that once a week get together, you know, See, because uh, I find that peers can even be involved in mentorship as well as you get together and you, you prepare sermons or you go through the word together and challenge each other like iron sharpens iron. To me, I see that as a layer of men- mentorships and, and establishing that as the, as the lead pastor. And that's what you're saying, kind of how you set it up. Now, how many here are part of some sort of mentoring you have a relationship or you're part of a mentoring cohort or a group or you meet with a pastor or just raise your hand high. Let me see. Yeah, see, so that's maybe half of you. So this is a really important subject because this is um, a part of your growth, you know, to, um, to get involved with somebody or a group of people to hone your skills, to bounce things off of. And um, that's what we're going to talk about. So on our panel, we have Ke- Kellen Criswell, who is he's the director of CGN and CalvaryChapel.com. We have Pastor Ray Bentley, the pastor of Maranatha Chapel, who hosted us. So let's give him a big hand. Thank you, Ray, and for your staff. And Ray gave us that great gift, that, that book of, for godly character. So thank you for that, Pastor Ray. Pastor Brian, who pastors, what church do you pastor again? <laughs> Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Yeah, that's right. And um, thanks for being with us today. And then Sean, who was with us the whole time. So, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so let's um, let's. This is a time to ask some questions, and we're gonna we're gonna get into this this subject of mentorships. What it can look. What, what can it look like for me? What do you do in your church? What is your experience? Like who got around you at a young age? Tell that story or start with you right here. Um, you talked about like, as we're growing up saying yes, you know, is there a time where you can say is a good time to say no? Like in your experience of like, you know, when you said no to like, hey, this is not a good time to study for this or teach this because um, I'm not like, in a good place right now as far as like 
where life is at the moment. I, I don't know. That well, it's sense. good to be honest. That's a good question. It's good to be honest if you're not spiritually in a place, and maybe the leadership doesn't know that. Uh, if the margin in your life is really bad, um, you're, you're I, yeah. I mean, it could be where um, you, you've got to consult. I, I would, I would give a soft pencil me in, yes, you know, um, but I'd still come back to my family, and and I'm not going to put, you know, um, preaching over the immediate needs of the family. Um, so I'm going to consider my wife when it's speaking somewhere, but yeah, being raised up, um, I think it's good to communicate that if you're, if you're completely wiped out. Um, but again, someone said it recently, if you keep saying no, nope, I can't do it. Nope. Then eventually uh, some of the pastors are nodding their head. They're going to kind of go, all right, well, this bro's not, you know, ready. Okay. So as far as mentorship, so pastor Ray is pastor Sean's father-in-law. Ray has another son, Daniel Bentley, who's a good friend as well. He pastored, church, planted a church in Denver area. And he's, I understand he's coming back on staff. But you guys, can you talk to us about how this generational mentorship has worked? And then anybody else can speak into that as well. But just starting with your personal well, situation. I, I guess I'll defer to Ray first. And oh, you know, um, there was nothing that I said either to my son or uh, daughter or son-in-law, for that matter, that you have to do this. But, you know, they, my concern was that they just fall in love with the Lord and burn literally in their hearts to follow the Lord. And they, when they did that, there was, they just started sharing, started giving testimony, started giving witness. They couldn't stop. And when I saw that burning passion to to bear witness to what God was saying. what he, I mean, their personal lives were on fire. And from there, then I started thinking, wow, I mean, I want to use that fire within our own church, within our own congregation, and started looking for opportunities to, to give them uh, the ability to teach and to speak. So my encouragement is, you know, just be on fire. Uh, in your own personal walk with God, witness, share, testimony, and never, there is no invitation too small uh, or a group too insignificant or too little or too few. Uh, because I'm telling you, you go, to a, you go and minister to a handful and you are on fire. It will have an impact and the little birds will come back and tell you know, whoever's mentoring you, wow, this guy made a huge difference. If they could reach that person, I, I see now you want to raise them to another level. of I'm, Now I'm going to bring you before a larger group. And then eventually I want to bring them before the whole body, before the whole congregation. And they just, you go from level to level, faith to faith, you know. So uh, to me, um, fam kingdom is family. The kingdom of God is not a business. It's not an enterprise. It is literally family. The kingdom of God is about a father who has a son and the Holy Spirit. It is a family. It is a kingdom of a family and the church in one way or another needs to reflect that. Now, this is my literal son-in-law, uh, who's kind of our, my executive pastor. And, and uh, you know, Daniel does worship. Uh, so he's going to be helping out with that. And they can both teach and preach for me. And uh, so... Anyway, uh, I want to look for it now, and I know Brian does this as well, and that's why Pete is here and doing this. We need 
young voices, young interpretations, young stories, young testimonies, young preachers, young teachers, young fire-on-fire people, and those of us that God's given a platform to put you guys in to a greater platform, we can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, and Sean, can you, how's that working? Yeah, I, I guess I'd probably answer it a couple ways. I think I've been with Ray for, I've been married to Annie for 20 years, so obviously I've known him 20 years. And I mean, early on, it was a mentorship more by me watching, observing, seeing his characters, gifting, you know, obviously asking all kinds of questions, excited, you know, at fresh out of Bible college, giving me opportunities. I learned early on, you know, there was no way I was going to emulate him. You know, some guys you can copy easier than others, and he's an amazing storyteller. So I realized right away I wasn't going to be able to ever preach like he does, but I, he also encouraged me I didn't need to do that. Um, I think there was books and opportunities. I mean, even my outline that I use to this day is pretty much similar to his outline. So things like that I was able to glean and share from. I'm always, I'm always asking questions. I think the biggest thing and what I love about this conference, and in fact, I was talking with Brian about this, what I've always loved about him was... There was an intention uh, to to give opportunity to young guys. I mean, if there's more than anything else, it was that. And if I think about some of the early messages, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, I, who said it was that David Guzik? Our first 200 messages, we all want to burn and get rid of. You know, we all burn the tapes. Uh, it, he would give guys opportunities, and he still does, whether it's Wednesday night or different, you know, venues and spaces. Um, obviously, I have a different relationship than a lot of other guys do because a lot of stuff happens at the kitchen table and and uh, vacations and everywhere else. But it's it's so there's that uh, with my brother-in-law, Daniel speak specifically. He's in Colorado and for the last six, seven years. We, we send our sermons to each other. So the way we write our sermons out, we do enough time. So we send them to each other. We get, we're able to you know write comments. Hey, what did you think about this? Or I think you'd land, the you know, maybe your conclusion better like this. Most of the time, it's just positive encouragement. It is on your grid to be specific, you know, but I think, so there's been an environment of trying to encourage one another, build one another up. And then with Ray, just, you know, praying for and giving opportunity. So I don't know if it's been ever specifically, here's the steps, but more very relational. And so that was easy because he's my father-in-law. And so what you're suggesting too, like, uh, is that mentoring does, doesn't geographically, you don't have to be even be in the same place. And that's an important thing just to uh, tell you guys that, you know, your leader. So part of this weekend is to give you a taste of what a mentorship can look like. It won't exactly look like this experience, but we want to give you guys a taste of something that, that can take place in your life, maybe under your leadership or something that you would even think about. Well, I didn't even know I could be a part of something like this. And so you're, we're all available to you. Um, even if we don't live in the same area to, to help guide you or, di- or direct you. But ultimately, in your area, we want you to build a, build a mentorship. Um, Brian, how would you, um, you know, a lot of, you saw the hands that went up. What would you suggest, like, what would be your best advice to uh, younger people that are saying, man, I don't have that, I want that. How do, do I go to my lead pastor? You know, how, how, do, how can I, where do I start? What would be the best way to do that? Yeah, like Pilgrim said earlier, the ideal thing, I, I think, is if you have a pastor that you, you are connected with, that you can build that kind of a relationship with. I mean, that, that to me is probably the best way. But that isn't always available. So, and, and Pete, what you just said, I think, is important, too. It, 
it might not, going off what Sean said, it might not even be somebody that is in proximity to you, but it might be somebody that you, you have somewhat of a long distance connection with, but nevertheless, you do have a connection. So when it comes to like a preaching mentorship, I would say the closest thing I have to that or have ever had to that is with my son, Char. And so he lives 600 miles from me. And so, uh, and this isn't always the case. And sometimes it's been more uh, than at others, but a lot of times he will uh, prepare his message and he will send me a copy of his notes and he'll just say, check these out. Tell me what you think. Uh, or he'll call me, hey, this is what I'm, I'm preaching on this weekend. And he'll kind of give me a rundown of where, where he's going. What do you think? And I'll give him feedback. We'll just have a conversation back and forth about that. Um, and and that's, that's probably, and my younger son, he doesn't preach as consistently, but when he does preach, we'll do a similar sort of a thing. And it's great. I mean, they're my son, so we obviously have a close connection already. Um, but I think you can have that just with a, with a person spiritually you, that you look up to. And so ideally, if it's somebody right there that you can do it with, your pastor ideally, or somebody in ministry that you respect, if not, maybe think about, well, who is somebody out there uh, that I could do this with? And, and one thing I think we know, Ray and I, and all of us guys who are our age, uh, we know guys who are our age who aren't as busy as we are and who have lots of years of experience and probably would welcome the opportunity to sort of mentor some younger guys. Maybe that's something we could even think about, Pete, for the future is putting together a list of guys who would say, yeah, I, I've got some spare time and I would love to be that person. Yeah, and we're kind of trying that right now but but find it people in the area that'd be great because we're we're all available to you guys and there's a whole group as this collective grows you know you, you didn't just come to a thing hopefully you, you you've entered into a sort of a, a growing relationship and uh, of of uh, moving forward and reaching the next generation of preachers so questions um I have two questions. Uh, they tie in. Uh, one, how often should you be in a mentoring relationship? Is it like always an ongoing process or is there like a healthy time to like kind of take a break from being within that discipleship mentoring um, relationship? And then how do you seek it out both as the mentor and the mentee? Um, as, as somebody who wants to be a mentee, are you constantly seeking out that or are you waiting to be sought out and then as somebody who wants to mentor are you waiting for somebody to come to you or how do you approach guys that you see maybe should be or not should be but would be um good to be mentored yeah i think we i said it we we will seek out the ones that we're looking up to and, and wanting to emulate um so it, it, it could be awkward if you're just paired with someone that you have no connection to um, so you know, I've approached guys at conferences and, um, and just said, Hey, you know, I know you don't know me at all. Like literally I've gone up to people. I know you don't know me, but I've been so blessed by your ministry. Could you like invest a little bit of time in me? And, and sometimes it hasn't worked out, but other times it has. And those have been super valuable, um, friendships. So, um, yeah, to answer your first question, I don't, I don't know about the time frame. I don't think it needs to be permanent. 
And I don't think pastors are necessarily signing up like, hey, we're going to mentor you for the next 30 years. You know, <laughs> I think um, there's a time frame and we need to we need to craft a certain um, skill. But there should be people in our life that are um, affirming like there's a call here. You're gifted. And we see that and we we want to invest and pray for you and pour into you. Um, so that's important. And it's also important, like, OK, I'm going to go to my pastor and he's going to say, I don't have the time. Don't be discouraged. It's nothing personal. He just doesn't. He, he's like, well, I'm mentoring you from the pulpit. And he is. But there's probably someone in that church further down the road than you that that just don't give up. You know, that, you know, connect, you know, the old need the young, the young need the old and, and keep taking those steps towards this. OK, another question over here. So it's kind of based off uh, similarly what you were beginning to talk about, Brian, and just like what Pilgrim said is that mentoring takes time, both from the mentee and the mentor. And like you guys said, you guys are full-time pastors. You have a lot of other obligations. What are some ways that you've implemented into your church to help with mentorship? Or have you found any ways that are successful to develop that, whether that's home groups or classes or whatever? What have you seen success in or anything to encourage um, a community of mentorship? Brian is a Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we started this Bible college to do that. Um, yeah, I have a, a pastoral team, a staff, and each one of those guys would would do that, you know, to some extent with their the people that they're mostly connected with. And I would encourage them to do that. Um, for, for people with a busier schedule, uh, we still do it. Ray does it. I do it. We just do it differently maybe than we would have done it in the past. Or I, I've had people come to me and say, I'd love you to disciple me. Um, can we do that? And they, they might have one thing in mind, but I can't do what they have in their mind. So I might say, well, I, no, I can't do that, but uh, I can do this. How about this? And present to them an option. And um, yeah, I think in, in some ways it's about relationships. And when you look at Jesus, who's the great, the great mentor, uh, he basically just had these relationships with these guys where he lived life with them and taught them through the process. And, and so sometimes if it's just being able to be around a person that you might not be able to sit down and do three hours of, let's talk about inductive Bible study, but you just glean things as, as you go along. And, and I think I could speak for Ray and maybe again, the guys in our generation this whole idea of mentoring is is somewhat of a new, I mean, it's not a new idea, but for us, it wasn't necessarily our experience. Um, if we were mentored, it was from a distance and it was not very intentional. And so I do think, though, there's some tremendous advantages to this approach because in a lot of ways you learn important things uh, much faster than you would learn them the way we learned them over sometimes decades, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's a great thing 
that's happening now. And I think the fact that guys want to be mentors, uh, guys want to be, and gals want to be mentored, I think that's a really good thing. So I'm all for cultivating that as much as we can. Um, but like I said, it wasn't so much, do you think, no, I mean, no. it wasn't really our experience, was it? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, um, for me, I was raised, uh, you know, when I, in junior, after I got saved through Billy Graham, I was a Nazarene in junior high. Then it became a Wesleyan, mostly because of the youth group for high school. And then I heard this guy named Chuck Smith. I had read about it, you know, in Life magazine. And the music was my, it was like, wow, my people, you know, not hymns. And so I went and heard Pastor Chuck when I was 18 years of age. I remember to this day the message he gave. It was John chapter 7 about Jesus saying, out of your innermost being. Now, I can't remember one sermon, not that they were bad, at the Wesleyan Church or the Nazarene Church. But, you know, you've got this book called The Expositors. You're calling this The Expositors Collective. I mean, when you can, I, I remember the message. I remember John chapter 7. So I, I was ready to go to you know, Oklahoma and be a Wesleyan. Uh, but when I heard Chuck, I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I, I'm following this guy. So I went up to him and I said, where, I want to learn the Bible like I just heard, you know, tonight. And I said, where did you go to Bible college? And he never told me. I found out years later that he went where he went to school, but he never told me. I said, well, how, I want to, I, I feel called to be a minister I was going to be a Wesleyan, but now I want to teach like, because, you know, I sat for years ready to learn from the Bible and great stories, great exhortations. You know, you should do this. You should do that. And but I, nobody ever said how to do it. So for me, I was teaching. Finally, somebody was teaching me simply what that means and how to apply it to your life was revolutionary. So I just said, well, he goes, well, you know, uh, <laughs> just move on up and, you know, I said, well, go to church and go through the Bible. And I was like, well, where would I live? And he goes, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Where, uh, but, and then he told me about, they had these house ministries. <laughs> and I said, well, what are their names? And I heard one was the house of Psalms. I said, just move on up and go through the Bible with me. So that's what I did. I moved to the House of Psalms in with a bunch of 40 other wild and crazy young hippies and, you know, drug addicts and, you know, halfway house, whatever. And they had little cubicles and you had, you had cassette tapes. Now, I know you guys don't know what cassette tapes are. Your generation doesn't. But there used to be these little things called cassettes. And we would let, put on headphones and listen to Pastor Chuck teach through the Bible. And um, so that was, and then we had a little library. Oh, Pastor Chuck recommends, you know, um, who are some of the ones? Uh, William Newell uh, or Barclay or, you know, what? So I started spending my money and buying little commentaries. And, um, and then I never, you know, I never was able to go up and I never shared a message with him or had him comment on it or whatever. Uh, the relationship was pretty much, you know, shared by hundreds of others. Um, but I was, I still got mentored by listening to him 
and being taught under him. So what God is doing now, like with, you've got a whole nother generation of guys like us that didn't get that, who wanted that. And now Pete, you know, and Brian's attitude and heart, uh, take advantage, ask, ask somebody. And don't, let me, if I could say this, and, and I, would, I would have you write this down, and I would have you write it in your brain and never forget it. Do not be easily offended. Do not be easily offended. That's how the enemy gets a lot of young people discouraged, and I get offended, and they didn't like me, and they didn't call me back, and they wouldn't take this and that. And don't give in to that. The enemy uses that. Do, just do not be easily offended. But ask you know, and, and talk to people. There are, you have a whole new generation of people that want to pour into you. Our generation is going, we need your freshness. We need your zeal, your passion, your ideas. You're able to speak to your generation. We want to partner with you. So we're intentional about that. Take advantage. Amen. That's great. Can I add to that for a second? Absolutely. I think part of what you were asking about back to your question over here is like sort of practically how could some of this look, right? And um, I think one of the things that I appreciate a lot, just even in my own relationship with Brian is like, and I think like you're intimating as well, is I think a lot of our older brothers and dads in the faith in Calvary are intensely relational about mentorship, which is amazing. I mean, for me, and and this links back to somebody else's question earlier about seeking out mentors, I think um, you you just have to be willing to put yourself out there to a certain degree and seek that and and see what God will do, believing that mentorship is really, it's linked to discipleship and it's a biblical thing. So it's something that God wants to to provide in your life. So as you, you know, put yourself out there, that's how me and Brian got connected. I was sensing a call to plant a church and I was looking around and going, I don't have any relationships with anybody in this harvest book or anything else, you know? And, uh, but I had read Brian's blogs on, uh, back to basics and I had had a class from him, uh, in the distance learning at Calvary Chapel Bible college. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to email this guy and say, Hey, um, God's really used you in my life and et cetera, et cetera. Never expecting to hear back from him. You know, he's at a church of like 40,000 people I heard, you know, but, um, for his credit, he was accessible, uh, to, to younger guys saying, Hey, can you talk with me? And, uh, he sent me an email back and said, Hey, once you give me a call, here's my number. And that was a really cool thing. But, uh, to try to be brief here on, on more the how He's really relational. And the way I'm wired, I tend to be a lot more process oriented, you know? And so what I've, uh, one of the things that we did at a church that I planted in Utah was, you know, first for me, I, this issue of mentorship, I think it's just such a clear biblical theme. And I think you see that in like second Timothy two, two of Paul saying the things you've seen and heard in me, uh, you know, basically impart these to other men who will be faithful to teach also. But the whole ministry of Jesus is a model of mentorship. And I think there's, there's four dynamics that you see in Jesus's life and in his mentorship that could really be implemented in many ways and many processes across many cultures. And I think those dynamics to me are, he had a, first of all, he had a come and listen was, was the first piece. And so he would invite the disciples to come and just hear him. And he would teach, this is the Sermon on the Mount in similar context, but he also had a come and watch dynamic as a second dynamic to say, come and watch me do what I do. So they're out following him around as he's healing and as he's teaching, as he's preaching. 
But then he had a come and join me dynamic as a third piece. And so he would say, come get involved, you know, come help counsel, come help teach. And I think that's a piece of what's going on here at Expositors where you guys are trying out these 10 minute sermons and all of that, you know. And then the fourth part is go empowered by the spirit. Uh, and, and at an indeterminate amount of time for the disciples in the New Testament, it was three years. I think it's going to be case by case, depending on what you're doing, you know, but I think um, back to the mentorship piece as well. It wasn't just, all right, go and be empowered by the spirit and we'll see you sometime down the road. But there's an ongoing relational mentorship where Jesus says, uh, go and lo and behold, I am with you even unto the end of the age by the spirit. And so I just say all that to say, for me, if you're thinking about designing a mentorship process, it can look a lot of different ways. But in my personal limited perspective, perhaps, I think those dynamics are things that you could be praying about. How would I implement this? What would it look like for those I'm leading to come and listen, to come and watch, to come and join, and to go empowered with ongoing relationships? So. Good. We have a question here, but Ray, how old were you when you pastored, started your first church? 20. 20. So, so what are you all doing? I'm just <laughs> um, first off, Pastor Ray, I want to say uh, thank you. As a mentee of somebody you mentored, Pastor David Menard, I just mm -hmm. want to say thank you for the time you've yeah. invested in him. Um, now, this is a question for the whole panel, um, maybe personal, so you can answer it if you want. But uh, as mentees in your early days of being mentored, what did you wish your mentor did more of? I know it's offensive to answer that, but... Um... <laughs> uh, for me, I wanted to learn theology, so um, I was just hungry. So, you know, for me, it was, can we just sit down and just teach me theology? And um, and he did. And he and but I, th that's just to answer your question. Something I wanted more of, like let's go through new books, let's go through you know classics. Um, and just time didn't permit. So he actually actively got me to become a reader. Before that, I was like, yeah, I like reading on occasion. Does it have pictures? Um, you know, I'm into it. Pop-ups, those are the best. Um, so uh, so he instilled in me a love for reading. So he didn't need, that wasn't necessary, but that's one thing I was hungry for. Yeah, mine didn't exist. So that was a, that was, I just think that, I think one, one thing I would say to that personally is um, just going through the bumps of life and having the worst decisions be the decisions that I made where my perspective was the highest authority in the courtroom of my own brain. Um, I think what I'm looking for in mentors more today, more than ever, is people who know me best, love me most, and will tell me what I don't want to hear. Yeah, and that's, I want to want those kinds of mentors um, because that will shape the kinds of feedback and the content of their input and advice, you know, so people that know me best, they're not going to, I'm not going to be able to in my flesh or self-deception pull the wool over their eyes. Uh, but if those same people love me most, they're not just offering critical feedback uh, with their own dog in the fight or identity issues or whatever. Uh, and then they'll be able to tell me what I most need to hear um, whether it's what I'm looking to hear or thinking I want to have more from a mentor or not, you know, so I think those have been an important principles to me these days. People that love me best know me most and will tell me what I don't want to hear. I just said, you know, obviously the focus of this particular conference is preaching. 
And I think Bible college does a really good job, you know, of getting the groundwork for preaching. I think the pastoring aspect, for those of you who will be pastors or leaders, that's, I mean, for me, that was one of the biggest parts of, you know, the relationship with Ray was like, there's a side of teaching and we want to get, you know, the best we can do at that. But there's a whole side of pastoring, I think, just takes a while. And, and as a person, and, that, and that's the ultimate mentor you want. is isn't just, there's a technical aspect, but the heart and, and to see up close, um, you know, you quoted uh, Timothy, it's the things you've seen and heard. So there's so many things that are taught there's so many more things that are caught and the, the more you can be around. And we did talk about distance and proximity, but I think learning about being what it means to be a pastor and caring for people. Um, I'll just say this, you know, as, as a larger church, you know, Ray pastors this church, like there's 150 people. We still get, some of the staff gets upset. I get upset, Ray, why are you giving your cell phone to this person? You know, stop doing that. That's just who he is because he cares so much about people. And the people visit the church and they're like, I mean, he walks around out here and eats donuts with everybody. Like he's, and, and so I've learned what it means to be a pastor and to care about people and to pray and to wait on the Lord. And uh, I think that that's, you're obviously preaching it's better through that, but I think that's ultimately the goal, what you, you're hoping for. There's a technical aspect. We're going to get good at preaching. That's the focus. But man, what the Lord would give us a spiritual father. I guess that's, you know, Paul said, you've got many teachers, but you've got one father. And more than anything else, I pray God would raise up a generation of fathers and, and spiritual sons who will look for that and, and honor and, and be humble enough to receive. So I don't know. That's my yeah. Ray, I think Sean needs a raise now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just want to say one thing on this, too, and um, not at all to take away from anything that we're saying in a positive sense about the mentor thing, but also just to maybe balance it out and, and to remember that, um, you know, ultimately God is our, our mentor and um, we, we thank God for mentors. We thank God for human leaders and all of that. But when you're, when you're in ministry and you're in preaching and teaching and pastoring, you ultimately must learn to hear from God and to, um, get your vision and, and direction and, and all those things. You, you have to really get those from the Lord. So uh, in other words, a person can only take you so far. And sometimes there can be an over dependence on a person like, well, I, I never have a, had a mentor, so I somehow missed out. Um, well, and, and also everybody's different and, and God's going to train you one way. He might train somebody else a different way. But, but whether it's through a mentor or, or maybe not so much through a mentor, at the end of the day, you're going to connect with God. God's going to pour into your life, and that's what's going to come out of you that's going to be fruitful. So I think, and, and that was for us. Um, and, and Colin, you just, you know, really what you spelled out there, what Jesus did is really a lot of what Chuck did. You know, come and see, come in here, come and see, hey, why don't you get involved in this a little bit and all right, God bless you as you go. That that's kind of what it would happen for hundreds of different people. And it, it happened more intimately for some people, but the majority of people, it didn't happen that more intimate way for. Okay. One more question here. Um, so most of the people I look up to are men and, um, I don't know if you guys have ever mentored women or anything like that, but I just want to know how you guys approach it from the perspective of being a, being above the approach and um, 
Um, so for me personally, I would try to seek uh, a godly woman who has um, qualities that I can learn from and stuff. But I'm from Belize and it's hard to actually find godly women for the fact that there aren't much Christians there. So how do you approach, um, I don't know, or is it like something from a group perspective where you've like mentored women in like groups or I don't know? Well, you're, you're a good candidate for, um, no, it's good that you are living in the time you're living in because um, you're, we're not technologically limited to happen to have a person sitting across the desk from you, right? You can go on your computer and you can go on FaceTime or you can go on Skype or you can go on Zoom or something and you can sit with a, another lady's face across from you and you can have a conversation you know, for a couple of hours. So, so that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Maybe there's no one right where you are that could do that for you. But there's probably somebody out in the, the broader circle of people that you're associated with that either could do that or could connect you to somebody who could do that. And so maybe for you, it would be something that happens more like that with some occasional actual face-to-face -face type of a thing. Um, would there be, to answer your question specifically about you know men, look, looking up to men, that's great. Uh, mentoring, yeah, there there would be a place for that, but I do think it would have to be more in a a group kind of a context for for that to take place. And if I could piggyback on that too, one one of the things that we're really committed to with Calvary Global Network or CGN, which is the direct, the network that Brian and I are leading, um, is finding innovative and creative ways of providing in context training and mentorship for ministry leaders. And so just as far as connection, potential opportunities, one of the things that we're going to have at the international conference this year in June, right? Uh, I should know that, right? <laughs> is we're going to have um, ministry specialized training tracks. So there'll be a Christ-centered preaching track and a church planning track. And, but one of the tracks is going to be women in ministry leadership. So there'll be a lot of ladies that are there. As, a, as one point of contact for seeking relationships where similar dynamics might be able to unfold again, because in my view, God wants those kinds of relationships for you, you know. Uh, but in addition to that, one of the, the pieces of training that we're looking to implement and are in the beta phases of it right now are what we're calling learning communities. And these are online learning communities that are context-based. So basically, we're working with people in a context like yours who are identifying a shared need like that. So maybe that's you and some others saying, we're a group of women who want to be, God has a call in our life. He's called us to ministry. We want to be encouraged and developed. So we would want to work with you to link you with a group facilitator where you can meet in a way that works for the the way of life in your community and according to your cultural values but to have connection to have these kinds of edifying relationships so if that's something that you'd be interested in talking about you can connect with me afterward as well um, and anybody looking for uh, information about cgn as well you can go to cgn.calvarychapel.com for a shameless plug thanks pete Welcome. <laughs> okay, let's give these guys a hand. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you.
That's great stuff, isn't it? So Kellen had mentioned uh, at the conclusion of that panel, he talked about different ways that the Calvary Global Network was allowing people to be plugged into like relational connections. And uh, you can get in touch with the CGN network through their websites, which you can get through, I believe it's cgn.calvarychapel.com, or you can just go to calvarychapel.com and click around and you'll find uh, a link to the CGN page. And then you can reach out and contact them about getting plugged into the kind of groups that he was talking about. Um, I think the audio from the conference that he was talking about, um, I know it's recorded, I don't think it's released yet, but when it does, we'll send it out on Twitter and we'll, we'll get those links out there. Uh, in the meanwhile, feel free to message Kellen specifically on Instagram or Twitter. He would love that and he'd love to connect you um, with a perhaps a group in your area or see what he can do to help you out. Um, anyway, great conversation. Uh, you know, personally, I have uh, not really benefited from one of these preaching mentorships that they're talking about. Um, in the panel, some people were saying that they had a great experience of coaching and training and mentoring uh, from experienced teachers and preachers. Um, I didn't really get that. Um, I just preached a lot of bad sermons until I ran out of bad sermons and then started preaching good ones. Um, so whatever stage that you're at, we, we really want you to succeed. And that's one of the things that, you know, speaking personally, why I'm excited to be involved in the Expositors Collective. And then I also know this is the same heart as the other people on the steering committee. You know, we really want to some degree to set people up for success, to, to give people opportunities that we might not have had or to give people even better experiences than we had. We believe the gospel is important and valuable and precious and must get out to this generation and that you are the one that God's called to reach your sphere of influence. And thank you so much for letting us play some small role in encouraging you to do what God has called, what you and only you can do to reach your sphere for the cause of Christ. So I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again, but I hope this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. I'll see you next Tuesday for episode 73.